Hello and welcome to the Thriving Abroad podcast, the weekly podcast where I discover through conversations with people living an international lifestyle and relocation experts what it really takes to thrive abroad. I'm your host, Louise Wiles, an expat, repat, author and a change and transition coach and consultant and I'm fascinated by the world of international mobility and cross-cultural living. And a very warm welcome to episode 80 of the Thriving Abroad podcast. I'm so happy that you're here joining me today. Now this is the third in the new series of episodes called Thriving Through Transitions. I have some amazing guests lined up, all with fascinating stories to share about their international adventures and what has helped them to ride the waves of transition and thrive in their international lives. Now, before I announce the episode today, I want to tell you about a special webinar I'm going to be running called From Stuck to Unstuck, Creating Positive Change in 2021. It's going to be held on Friday the 12th, February at 3pm UK. You know, 2020 has created all kinds of professional and personal challenge and change for many of us. We all reacted differently and experienced our own highs and lows. And if you found that 2020 was more a year of reaction and adjustment to change than purposeful creation, then I know you are not alone. Perhaps you started 2021 with good intentions, but you're now feeling stuck. Your energy drained as you grapple with the continual ups and downs of the pandemic, and perhaps the seemingly never-ending cycle of homeworking and homeschooling. As a mum of two teens, I really get that. But don't let 2021 be another sticky year. Let me help you rediscover your mojo and create positive change in your professional or personal life this year. If you're interested to know more, go to the blog post for this episode, episode 80, and you'll find a link to learn more about this great webinar, From Stuck to Unstuck, and also the great free five-day challenge that follows. So back to this week's episode. Now so far in this series I've spoken to David McNeil from Expat Empire episode 78 and Kieran Smedley from Experience Matters episode 79. Do go and check out those conversations too once you've listened to this episode first of course. Today I'm pleased to be joined by Derek Loudermilk. Derek is a former pro cyclist and extreme microbiologist turned professional adventurer, business strategist and best-selling author. Derek spent six years as a digital nomad and has lived on four continents and 20 countries and has taken his wife Heidi and two young children on many of his adventures. They've lived together in six different countries as a family. His podcast, The Derek Loudermilk Show explores topics like adventure, entrepreneurship, spirituality, science and peak performance. Derek is committed to helping people make their lives the most amazing adventure possible. So enjoy listening as we talk about what it means to be an adventurer and how to ride the waves of change that roll with international living and life as an entrepreneur. So hello and welcome to the Thriving Abroad podcast and today's conversation and I'm really excited to welcome today 
Derek Loudermilk. Hi, Derek. Louise, hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's lovely that you're joining us today. And I think we're about to have quite an amazing conversation, judging from all that I've read about you and your international <laughs> sort of experience and travel and business and what you currently do. So um, let's start. You know, this is a series about thriving through transitions. And I know you've made plenty of changes in your life. So I just wonder if you could start by giving an overview of, of your international experience, as most of the listeners to this podcast are living internationally or thinking about it. Um, just tell us a little bit about where you've traveled to and where you've lived in the world. Yeah, actually, so the first international place I lived was the Cotswolds, and I was asking you if, <laughs> if you were uh, there. We spent a summer there with my family when I was younger, oh. and and then I also studied abroad in Australia. I was studying on the Great Barrier Reef, marine biology, and wow. <laughs> uh, so uh, obviously I'm an English speaker, and I s sort of that was kind of dipping my toe into the waters, um, going to these places that were not as big of a stretch for me. But eventually I did spend the last uh, six years, I guess, living abroad full-time and being a digital nomad, um, about, about 40 countries, um, spending most of my time in, uh, you know, usually like three, three months, four months at a time in places like Bali, Portugal, uh, Vietnam, Croatia, Hungary, uh, Malaysia, and yeah, uh, I, I went through a whole, speaking of transitions, when I started traveling, I was married. Uh, then I ended up uh, fairly shortly getting, getting divorced. And, and then I was single traveling the world, um, met my wife, had a couple of kids, uh, was traveling with a family of four. And so in that time span, you know, I sort of ticked wow. all the different sort of life category boxes um, Gosh. you know, from also from, you know, broke backpacker living as cheaply as possible to six figure entrepreneur, uh, to the whole range in between. Wow. Okay. So a lot to talk about then and a lot to unpack here, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and I think 40 countries, yes, yeah, perhaps don't list them all, but that, that's amazing. So moving every three to four months, so that gives a whole, yeah, yeah. A whole new meaning to the word of <laughs> being mobile, I think. Um, so I know you describe yourself as a professional adventurer, and I can see where that comes from now in terms of um, your sort of movements around the world. But I'd really lo love if you could describe for us a little bit about what you mean by that. And then perhaps tell us how that as a concept has been helpful in, in getting you to where you are. So all that sort of mobility as a, as a um, digital nomad and you know, going through all those different life transitions in the last six years. Yeah. Yeah, when I was a kid, I would, I would read stories about astronauts or, you know, the polar explorers or um, people like Magellan, you know, first to circumnavigate the globe. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be great to, to, to be on an adventure with them and, and be an explorer? And so I really uh, always planned and expected to be an explorer for a while. I was a, uh, a pro athlete, sort of traveling the world, racing bicycles. And then I was a scientist exploring. Uh, I did research in, in Yellowstone National Park in the volcanic hot springs. And then uh, sort of learned that I could have a portable business and explore the world, living, living all around the world. And it's what I call the, the adventure mindset which is 
you're you're sort of choosing activities uh, with a bias towards uh, getting uncomfortable or the bias towards something you've never done before or uh, something that you you believe will change you you a, a lot of times you know there's some element of risk there's some there's some element of it, it gives you a good story and usually you you come through an adventure as a different person it, it shapes who you are and so uh, I kind of you know once <laughs> I I also sort of branded myself as a, as a professional adventurer and I started a podcast called the art of adventure uh, eight, eight years ago now uh, and so then I became the adventure guy and so then I had to actually uh, try to be even more adventurous which uh, is is in some ways it's great for building a business it, it's uh, it gives you that creative spark. It introduces you to new concepts and ideas and makes your thinking fresh and exciting. But also, um, it's kind of the opposite of uh, systems and routines and habits, which can really lead to business growth. So you kind of, uh, you know, I had to balance, as I became an entrepreneur, um, balance sort of the, the the structures that are definitely, you know, not as exciting in order to experience business growth. But, but really at my heart, I would say uh, I'm, I'm operating like an explorer and adventurer pr pretty much everything I do. So I can see how having an adventurous spirit encourages you to step out and be curious, creative, keeping your approach and thinking fresh and exciting. And I totally see the juxtaposition with the need to also focus on systems and processes required to run a business. So now I'm curious, as an entrepreneur, are you always pushing the limits, looking for the next big thing? Yeah, and, and the way I, I look at it, and this is something that I, I, I'm a business coach and I'm constantly pushing my clients, there's, there's a difference between an incremental improvement, like iPhone 10 to iPhone 11 or something like that, or Nike model you know, 2020 versus 2021. There's, they're getting slightly better from one year to the next. But then somebody comes along and creates something that's never been done before, uh, a brand new technology, a brand new idea, you know, the internet or Bitcoin or, or these things that just shape our world. And there's so much more power in, in creating something brand new. And a lot of people, uh, entrepreneurs, when they begin, they, they look at what's being done in the world and they try to find their place in it. Maybe I could do something like this, but with a little tweak, and we're, we're, I think, a lot of times trained to sort of copy and iterate. And, that, you know, the reason China has done so well in terms of global economy is that they're actually really good at just, like, taking something and, and improving it a little bit. Mm. Um, but, but to really affect the future of humanity and, and really contribute on an individual level, thinking like an adventurer and, and that is to do something that's never been done to, to be exploring. Uh, that's, that's really where you, it's, it's almost, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. It's almost like you're, you're uh, experiencing that spark of divinity, right? Because God is supposed to be a creator. And when you do something that's never been done, you you sort of get as close as you can to that divinity. No, I absolutely get what you're saying because I think sometimes with massive progress and perhaps unexpected progress, there is 
this sense of the universe at work. And maybe that sense of divinity is connected to the flow state people talk about, such as sports people, artists, when they are in full flow of a performance or creation. It's that kind of peak state, isn't it? But then, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into creating that level of performance. And that's not always so exciting. Um, And perhaps that's where the challenge comes in. So what's your advice for people in that situation? And I can see how it also applies to people moving abroad. You know, people talk about the excitement of the honeymoon period on arrival, but you also have to adjust to the new culture and environment. What would your advice be to people who hit that low point or point when it feels a bit like they're walking through treacle and then having to work their way through the tougher aspects of change? Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's always interesting for me to look at uh, when you arrive in a new place, your, your brain is, tr- is trying to make sense of the world. So maybe it's a different language or a different currency or they're driving on the other side of the road. And all of a sudden your brain is trying to catch up with the reality that you're seeing around you. And mm-hmm. so all kinds of new connections are being made and, and old patterns are getting thrown out. It doesn't have to be done you know, this way and there's, there's a new way to do it. And so, yeah, it is this kind of overload, sensory overload of, wow, you know, um, things, things are different and, and that can stimulate creativity. And uh, it's also sort of a, a low productivity time because making, making all these new connections and just being overwhelmed is not uh, what people generally think of when you think of like a focused, productive flow state. Mm. And uh, so, so eventually, and, and maybe getting into a little bit of, you know, how do you balance like moving a lot with also being highly productive and putting things out in the world that, that matter. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about systems and it's, it's kind of like, if you approach uh, in, in business or in your life, investing in creating time for yourself. And so this, you know, people, people do this, like if you automate all of your banking, right. And so it's just auto pay for every bill each month, then you don't have to think about it and you free the mental space to do that. Mm. Likewise in, in a business, right. If I, uh, and this is, could be as simple as a cop, a, a file where you keep all your copy paste messages. Cause if you get the same kind of questions from people or, you do the same types of email introductions to people or something like that. Just have a, you know, copy paste file. And it, that saves me hours because I know I'm going to be typing things the same way over and over again. And I'm, and I'm approaching it as if I do something once and I know I'm going to do it again, then I might as well, you know, write down the steps or create a checklist. And then if I hire an assistant or if I have somebody that joins the team, I can just give them the, the procedure and say, here you go. Um, and we can sort of tweak that over time. But it, it's, a, it's a way to um, s- stop having to be sort of down in the minutia and, and be spending all that mental energy. It can kind of free you up to, um, you know, once things are s- systematized and running, then you can move back into that sort of creative, where are my opportunities? What do I want to explore in my new city or town? Um, and and sort of move to a higher level thinking. Yeah, so whether you're talking about your business or talking about settling into a new life or a new job, a new role, it's kind of thinking about what what am I going to be repeating? What systems do I need to create that help me to run my life efficiently 
um, that then clears space for you to be more creative in the next step and, and what you're working towards. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, definitely. So um, just thinking about, you know, your life and you said when you were talking about your your life and your in, in the introduction that you went through a lot of transitions <laughs> as well as moving from place to place every three to four months you were married um, married divorced had children and, and all of that <laughs> so a lot of transition um what were the challenges that you faced as you went through those different transitions um and what did you learn from those challenges yeah um so, so there was a moment when uh, I had essentially lost everything that that I was sort of expecting my life to look like. Uh, I had I had dropped out of my PhD program because I had this traumatic brain injury, which was, I had a, essentially a blood clot in my brain with a only a twenty five percent chance of survival, oh and that goodness. was that was at the same time that I lost my house in a flood, a uh, freak. Wow. A freak flood, uh, and then and then got divorced, uh, and this was all sort of in the same year. And so there was there was this point where I was just driving my motorcycle in in Bali, and I was like, I have I have no identity. I have this totally clean slate because everything that I thought that I was going to be, like this trajectory, this plan, this script that I was operating on, was just wiped clean. And from there, I was free to sort of decide who I wanted to be and, and what I wanted to do. And it was kind of like I was 30 and sort of starting fresh, rebuilding my life from the ground up. And, uh, you know, I encountered books like the four hour work week and thought, okay, I'll be an entrepreneur. And so I took on the identity of an entrepreneur. I took on the identity of an adventurer and, then kind of the things that I was doing were, were naturally. So what does an entrepreneur do? What does an adventurer do? Um, now I'm a dad, I have two little kids. And so, you know, working from the identity of what, what is a, what does a great dad do? And it, it, it can be different things. Like a great dad is perhaps different from a great adventurer in that an adventurer might be out exploring and a great dad, might be uh, cooking breakfast instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there so, could be a bit of conflict there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, so I put on uh, different different identity hats, um, mm. but instead of trying to like work it out from, you know, what am I going to do now? And and you know, we have this messaging in our Western culture of like you got to go out and hustle and work hard and do, 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 and all these things. So you can get stuff, stuff, stuff. So then you can uh, be happy. So then you can be fulfilled or whatever. But I, I think, I think that's backwards. We, we should really be working from who do we want to be? Who would we be if we already had what we want? If we just, if we were feeling happy and fulfilled and satisfied and peaceful right now, then it's much easier to, to take big risks or, uh, you know, even even when the kids are screaming and fighting, like to to stay in a in a calm, peaceful place, because I can tell you, you know, moving across continents across the globe with two screaming kids, you really do have to stay in this very calm uh, and peaceful place. Otherwise, you'll just lose lose it. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can imagine that. Um, 
I, I really like the, the way, as you describe, you know, having your traumatic year and then that realization that you had no identity, and and the kind of the script had been wiped clean. There were no shoulds. I guess is is that how it felt? You know, the the kind of um, expectations or the, you know, the way that we often live our lives thinking we're living it it's been written for us in a way hasn't it exactly kind of yeah it, and i yeah. didn't even know uh, i would mm. say um it wasn't until the the script was was uh erased that i even realized i was running an invisible mm. script mm. and uh you know from the time we're born right we're just hearing people say things to us whether it's our parents our school our church saying um this is the way we do things mm. and that's totally fine um, but then you, you're operating from, from a box. You're in some type of box of thinking. Mm-hmm. And you, if you don't even realize it, then you might just stay in the box your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's part of being an adventure, right? Is like actively trying to step outside of a box and then realizing, oh, wow, I didn't even know that I was in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I, some of the things I realized was, right, my dad was a scientist. And so pretty early on, I was like, well, I'll be a scientist too. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's just something that a lot of kids do. I think, um, you know, when you ask a kid, what do they want to be when they grow up? They often say the, the career of somebody they know. Yes. Um, so it's, it's, it's simply because they're, you know, not exposed to, to that many different people yet. Um, mm. So once you, once you see, oh, wow, I've been operating with these scripts, then you get to choose, then you get to choose your own script. Like, do I want to keep that script or do I want to write a new one? And mm-hmm. it takes the unconscious into the conscious and you can sort of write your own program. I like that. Yeah. And I think when you are living abroad as well and you're living away from, I guess, the culture that in which you've grown up, you know, the beliefs and the values that you perhaps yeah, were part of your childhood or your early adulthood and you move abroad and, and you're in a different environment completely without that day-to-day connection back to the previous culture. You have the space, don't you, also to start thinking about things differently and to question, question you know, your beliefs and values around, um, you know, how you've lived your life so far and, and to ask yourself how, what you would want to change and, and, and do differently. So... I can see how those two connect. Um, so any other messages or lessons that you learnt um, through this sort of whole process of transition or these processes of transition that you've experienced? Well, one thing that um, popped into my head earlier as we were talking was, was how, I, and I, I still do this myself, uh, a lot of people try to to think their way through their problems. They try to try to, you know, weigh up a list of pros and cons, or they try to, um, you know, they're up late at night trying to just think their way through a problem. And, and an adventurer, as an adventurer, I know that most of my problems are solved um, because either they're just not important anymore or the right opportunity comes along that I never would have expected or things just work out. And actually, you know, because we're all still here and alive, whoever's listening to this, like things have always worked out for you. So, so really we spend all this attention, like trying to, to chew away with our thinking mind on problems. And usually they're solved 
through through good luck or opportunities or being in the right place at the right time and all and all of these things. And so I would encourage people to to really work on silencing the mind from time to time uh, because that's where you're going to get uh, your your intuition or your your subconscious mind will be able to put the pieces together for you um, so that so that your rational mind can then you know start start actually doing something and there needs to be this sort of great balance between the stillness and the silence um, you know Ryan Holiday has this great book called stillness is the key. And he talks about great world leaders uh, in times of crisis uh, who, who were able to access uh, sort of stillness in, in making these big decisions. And so there's this, there's this balance, right? Because adventurers are often just leaping into action without thinking. They're just starting to take action. Um, in Indiana Jones, there's this, there's this scene where he's like, He's got to go stop a plane from taking off. And he's got to, you know, like fight the Nazis. And his, uh, his girlfriend is like, what are you going to do, Indiana? He's like, I don't know. And he's just like <laughs> sprint, <clears throat> sprinting full speed to, to solve the problem that he doesn't even know. He doesn't even have a plan. Um, so, so one, there's like, yes, operating without a plan, without even thinking. And then the other is, is you know, uh, meditation, prayer, silence, um, just a, a, a walking um, silent time, which will, which will give you the sort of creative insight that you need. And so many people are just trying to, to like think their way through a problem, which if, if that was going to work, then it would have worked already. And so I think, especially for people in, uh, who are moving abroad or who are in a new situation, building time for, for silence into their day, Will, will actually help them move faster. It helps entrepreneurs uh, move faster. It helps people moving abroad um, sort of integrate things much more quickly. So again, this is, this is sort of a script or messaging from our culture that uh, we should be focusing so much on our thinking mind and, and we really need to be using our full, full toolkit, uh, which mm -hmm. goes beyond our thinking mind and includes emotions and intuitions and unconscious insights and all of these other things yeah yeah I think that that's really that as you as you said that I kind of had this image of you know someone arriving in a new country and rushing around getting to know the area and trying you know seeking to make friends and get them sorted as quickly as possible and having that expectation that you know it, everything's going to get sorted very quickly and they're going to have very easily and quickly a, a, a lovely amazing life because that's often you know people move because they have that that belief that it's going to be better wherever they <laughs> they're going yeah. to which is not necessarily true and and perhaps sometimes yes if they took time more to 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 be still and to absorb their new environment um yeah that perhaps would help the process <laughs> it doesn't have to be a frenetic rush um, and I certainly I can totally relate to that because I, I walk a lot and that's really my kind of thinking time, my quiet time. Um, and yeah, thinking through your pro the problems. And you know, when, I, when I talk to people about moving abroad and you know, decisions about it, you know, yeah, we, we'll talk about pros and cons and we'll do that rational thinking. But then I will usually say, and now have some time 
just to let it settle, <laughs> just let it settle, let it be, and and see what comes up for you because that's when the real decisions get made. I think um, when you sit with yourself and 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 feel what, yeah, see how you feel, how you really feel about things. Mm. Okay, thank you for sharing that. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was going to ask you, perhaps this, that was your answer to partly to another question I was going to ask you, and that was about what do you think we get wrong when we're approaching big life changes? So that's perhaps one. <laughs> we <laughs> rush it, we don't, yeah, we rely too much on our conscious mind. Um, any other, what else do you think we get wrong when we're facing big life changes? Well, you know, proactive ones or reactive ones, it doesn't matter. Yeah, let's, I mean, I think something that's maybe timely and relevant is, um, you know, we talked a little bit about working from identity, who do I want to be versus, mm. you know, what do I want to do? Um, and, and also sort of, uh, so, so people are thinking like, I'm going to move abroad and it's going to make my life better in, in some, some way. And uh, I do this exercise with some of my clients which is we, we actually, you know, imagine yourself in that place. Like you've, you're, you're integrated in your new community. You have now your friends and you know, you're, you're working in your new country. Um, what is, what does that feel like? Um, you know, like take a, take me through a day, um, in your new country a year from now when, when you feel at home and, and at ease. And when, when you can, connect with that feeling and how you're showing up as, as the future you, well, then you can start, start doing that right away. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, maybe you would feel like, Oh, I'm going <laughs> to, when I, when I move abroad, I'm going to be more outgoing and I'm going to be uh, more uh, confident and, and all of these things. And, and finally I'll be happy. Well, why not just do that right now? Because, a happy person is going to make friends more easily when you move or an outgoing person is going to feel more happy because they have great relationships. So just be the person, uh, you know, the, the, the way to frame it is who, who would you be if you already had what you want and, and just work from there. Yeah. So you kind of dream envision, envision, envisioning, sorry, I can't say the word envisioning, yourself at a future point and thinking about who that person is and how you're feeling and being at that future point. Um, is that, yeah. if I summarize that correctly? Yeah. And, yeah. and the key yeah. here is the, the emotions because from a, from a metaphysical level, um, and this is something I've been studying for several years, uh, the stronger the emotion, the more, uh, not only the more motivation you have, but the more quickly something will, will show up in your life. So if you're, if you're like a seven out of 10, like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of want that. It would be nice to have a successful business or it'd be nice to have uh, my you know dream partner. If there's not as much of a charge, an emotional charge there, there's not a lot of personal power behind creating that future for yourself. And so you want to pay attention to how strong is the emotion and, and really, um, sort of shaping your life and creating your life from a place of um, strong, strong desire. 
uh, because that's really going to superpower um, how quickly you get what you want. And so a lot of people, you know, they think they want, they think they want to earn a million dollars or they think they want a fancy house or fancy car or something, but that might be the invisible scripts talking. That might be marketing, uh, consumerism talking, because if you check in and you're like, eh, actually a new car would be like kind of eh, five out of 10 for me. Well, maybe you don't need a new car, but maybe there's some aspect of that, right? So when I think about if I had a Lamborghini and I, you know, I pulled up to the grocery store and I went shopping and the people were standing around my car when I came outside thinking like, what a cool car that would be. The best part of having that car would be having a, a fun interaction with strangers in the parking lot. So <laughs> it's not actually the car that I want. It's the like mm. the chance to meet cool new people. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting. I don't necessarily need a, uh, $100,000 car to do that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So you'd save yourself a lot of money there. So this is about self-awareness and thinking not only about materialistic goals, but about how you will feel the emotions um, when you actually achieve those goals or create what you're looking to create. And I guess it's also about understanding the real why behind your desire to do or achieve things. So creating clarity around your vision in terms of what you desire. Well, it also leaves room for the universe to give you what you want in a way that you didn't know about mm. yet. And, mm. and so I actually, I do this practice in my business mastermind. We do sort of a, um, somebody says what they want. Oh, I want to, you know, generate uh, six figures in income in the next month or something. And, um, you know, we get really clear on what's, what's really the best part of that. What does it, what does it really feel like? And then we all sort of create a essentially a unified field of, of intention. And we found that this, uh, this comes true for people usually within three weeks, like whatever they want is, is coming true sort of manifesting in their life amazingly fast. Um, so there's a bunch of, you know, laws of the universe that are, that are at play there, but usually what's happening is it's, it's unexpected. They sort of have a, have a plan for how, you know, um, $100,000 might arrive in their bank account. Um, and there's usually like a pathway that they expect it to come. Um, and usually there's, there's some element of um, they were paying attention. They said yes to the right opportunities and somebody made a key introduction and then they got lucky. And then, uh, you know, then they applied their skills. They were, they were good at sales or good at something like that, right? So there's, there's all these different elements that factor into getting that money into the into the eventual outcome, mm. which which uh, paints a much bigger picture of what abundance really is. So money mm. money is is we were chatting before, you know, just one small aspect of the overall picture of abundance. And and if you think about abundance as being able to do what you want when you want to do it, or being able to do what you need when you need to do it then money is just a small piece of that pie. Um, mm. In fact, you don't even need money. If somebody just did it for you, then you wouldn't even need money. So there's like an element of being able to give and receive and trade and all of these other things. Let's, let's think about somebody moving to, again, to a new country. And mm -hmm. uh, one thing that's, that's really worked well for me, and, and let's tie this in with, with abundance and, and moving to a new country. If you find the right let's call them super connectors. And these are, these are people who, when you move to a new city or a new country, 
they're they're really well connected in their community. Mm. So these are like restaurant owners or politicians or your hairstylist or uh, your your realtor, people that encounter a lot of uh, people mm. in, in your new country. And relationships uh, give you the chance to unlock all the different parts of abundance. They can give you uh, good ideas. They can give you opportunities. They can help you do something. Uh, they can become clients or customers or, you know, referral sources for your business. Mm. And so, so here's, here's an example, actually. When we moved to Croatia, uh, before, we, before we left, I was, I was making friends on uh, social media, on Instagram, and I realized they're having an adventure festival, an outdoors festival. And I was like, oh, this is great. So I made friends with the um, sort of the team that was running things. Um, this is a town called Zadar on the Dalmatian coast in Croatia. Right. And uh, so, so basically the first person I met when we got there, sort of the next day after we landed, was the, the founder of this festival. And I came with this sort of laundry list. I was like, um, what are your favorite restaurants? Where should we, you know, what neighborhood should we live in? Um, can I, you know, can I be part of your festival? All these things that we, we had coffee and she was like, okay, da -da -da -da, I'll help you with all these things. And she helped us find this amazing house. Uh, she got us a super good deal on this house. It was like a 300 year old, like kind of little tiny castle right on the coast, beautiful with our own wow. courtyard and fig trees. And this one person, she introduced me to lots of friends. She opened up all the doors of opportunities, including finding the house I was going to live in. And so all that was sort of through just a single relationship. So if you, if you can find well-connected people to become friends with when you get there, that will just open up so many things that you, that you just don't expect. Yeah. Well, that's a, a fantastic story. And that is just a really great, great story to share for this kind of audience. So um, I love the way that you created that through your connection initially through Facebook and then created that opportunity for yourself, but by connecting as your key, key activity there. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so I wanted to just finish, I think we're coming to the end of our time together, but I just wanted to finish with, I know, you know at the moment, a lot of people listening will be at different stages of dealing with this current pandemic and the impact mm -hmm. that's had on their sort of ability to be mobile and to move. And, um, and perhaps also those who are running businesses, it's created a lot of uncertainty for people around their businesses. Do you have any advice for people who have, you know, digital businesses, portable businesses, um, who are who are struggling right now? Do you have any, any suggestions, any advice for them about how to, how to cope? Yeah. Um, let's see, what's coming up for me actually is, um, maybe just, just thinking about the question of uh, how, how can I be resilient? And that may mean um, having sort of different, different ways that you find customers or different ways that you, that you run your business or, or perhaps um, a few different streams of income, you know, creating different branches of your business. Uh, when I work with clients, a lot of times they're, um, they're coaches and speakers and authors, and they have an online course. And all of a sudden, right, public speaking kind of stopped because um, nobody was having events anymore. So, 
So we, we saw that sort of dry up in 2020. Mm. Um, but if you can, uh, then if you can spend more time creating and promoting an online course, you can sort of replace that income. And, you know, personally I've created, uh, you know, we have, we have an Airbnb that generates some income and then I have probably seven or eight other income streams, um, in total. And so when our Airbnb sort of lost all of its clientele early in 2020, uh, I just spent more time sort of building up some of the other aspects of my business. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you only have one, if you, if you get customers the same way and you only have sort of one way of, of doing that, this is a great opportunity and you might even be forced to sort of figure out a new way or, or, or be resilient. Um, you know, I, um, you know, randomly got locked out of, of Facebook. Um, and, and if I was banking on getting all my business from, from Facebook, then, then I would have been kind of screwed for a while. So mm. also, you know, just having, uh, potentially like different ways that people find out about you to get new clients. So there's, yeah, there's this element of, um, how, how can you build, you know, resiliency into your, your business model, uh, which is, which is kind of, you know, being nimble, being, being able to pivot, um, change directions if you need to. And even for, for me and, and a lot of my clients who have established businesses, this can mean going back to the very foundations of really trying to understand, uh, if, if you're serving your customer well. So going back to do market research every year, having conversations, getting on the phone with people and say, you know, what, uh, what have been the things that I really helped you with? Um, or talking to potential clients who are having, you, you know, your, your target market and really trying to understand, you know, what, what their real struggles are, which will inform how you market. Because I see the same, same problems, even experienced entrepreneurs they may not be able to talk very well about who they help and what they do. And then it's hard to sort of get people to come, come to you. Um, so there's, you know, there's uh, this practice of con continue to go back to the fundamentals of business and really understand your customer and be able to speak about it clearly so that it makes your, your job of marketing easier. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And I love the idea of doing the research and whilst you've got time or space, perhaps, um, if there's a bit of a downturn. And also, I guess, people's needs are changing as well. So um, perhaps the way they talked about their problems isn't how they would be talking about them now <laughs> if there have been shifts in their circumstances too. Um, yeah, I'm thinking a bit about my target and my niche, you know, people moving internationally. That's changed and people's concerns are quite different from probably the ones they had 18 months ago. So um, definitely, um, yeah. that's a really, really helpful thing to do. And I love the sort of having different streams of, of income, you know, sort of perhaps a more portfolio approach to, to business. Um, perhaps that's one of the positives that comes out of this experience for everyone, actually, that it encourages us all to think a bit more broadly and um, to make sure we do have that approach, which will help us in tough times in the future as well. So. Yeah, really good bits of advice there. Thank you. Um, so just to finish, then I always ask guests this one question. The, the, the title of, of the podcast is Thriving Abroad. So do you have one top tip for thriving abroad? So we already mentioned one of my favorite tips, which is right, meeting the, the super connectors, meeting the, the people with a big network. Mm. Um, so let's, let's see what another 
what another good one would be? Well, when I when I moved with my family, uh, you know, two two kids and my, and my wife, and we we would always make sure because we noticed after after a while that while we thought we were sort of comfortable and settled after a single day, um, mm. there's there's this whole element of right if you move several time zones, if you move from Europe to Asia or to North America or something, you're moving a lot of time zones, and so your body has circadian rhythms that you actually need to, to catch up on you know the sun is rising eight hours later than it, than it did and your body's confused and all these things and so as a you know as a biologist uh, I was I was aware that simply you know moving to a new place could could agitate me and and we would get into arguments my wife and I we'd be like you know nitpicky and all these things and so just realizing that it may it may actually take you a week or two weeks before mm-hmm. physically you feel, the same. And, um, so just thinking about your, yourself as a, as a sort of a biological entity and making sure you're optimizing your nutrition and and your rest and getting sunshine every day and just maintaining your, your state, your internal state. Um, so, you know, movement, and we already talked about meditation and all these things that like taking care of yourself as a sort of a biological entity can be, Mm -hmm. can be really helpful. Um, so that you don't have arguments, so you don't get frustrated and make mistakes and, and all these things that can cost you time and money. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally um, relate to that. And I think that's such an important point. And it's one that, you know, working with people who are relocating with organizations who are so often expected to get on the plane, move cross half the world get off the plane and be in work the next day (laughs) i always think you know that's just such a recipe for disaster especially when you're moving with a family and everyone is struggling a to catch up with themselves biologically as you've just described and b to adjust to this big change in their lives so um yeah that that really underlines that point so thank you for that brilliant so if people would like to know more about you or connect with you how can they that sure yeah um so my website is dereckloudermilk.com we we have a mastermind um that's wrapping up and and the the new mastermind for digital nomads and thought leaders so your authors your coaches your online course creators that's uh, opening up pretty soon so um that's something that you you can check out if you want and then i have a show uh, also a podcast called the Derek loudermilk show and we talk a lot about adventure and business on there. We also talk about science and metaphysics and you know how to apply all these to creating your life, creating your business. Um, so feel free to check out that show as well. And uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Brilliant. Right, well, I will put links to your website and to the podcast on the show notes that go with this episode. And yes, I recommend, recommend your podcast. I just started listening to, I listened to one episode. I realized there are many there that I, <laughs> I want to go back and have a listen to. So I'm a bit of a podcast fan, or I have become since I started my own. Um, it's one of my, uh, I love the dog walking, sometimes in silence, but sometimes with a good podcast too. So um, yeah adding it to my list too so thank you so much for your time today Derek um it has been a really helpful conversation well thanks for having me Louise it's been fun yeah really helpful thank you for your insights thank you very much bye-bye yeah thank you bye and thank you so much for listening 
I love the way that Derek Paul's learning from so many different aspects of his life as an adventurer and entrepreneur. My takeaways are the value of the adventurous spirit for stepping out of our comfort zones and taking some element of personal risk. And also when thinking about problems, the value of quietening the mind and giving ourselves space to just be and allow the social solutions to bubble up through our subconscious, that belief in our internal knowing. And then the idea of stillness is really appealing, I have to admit, perhaps more than normal as I live through lockdown with my wonderful but noisy teens. I'm definitely going to check out the book Derek mentioned, Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. So many thanks once again to Derek for joining me today. Go and check out his bio and links to his website, podcast, book and mastermind group, which is open for registration right now on the Thriving Abroad website. Look for episode 80. And don't forget, if you're feeling a little stuck and you're looking for some inspiration and support to help you kickstart some change in your life, however big or small, go and register for my webinar, From Stuck to Unstuck, Creating Positive Change in 2021. So thank you once again for joining. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you are healthy and safe. And I look forward to speaking to you next week with the next interview in this Thriving Through Transitions series. Bye-bye for now.